0: Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zone. I'm
1: Em. And I'm Anna. This week on Shelf Aware, we are starting a brand new unit uh, for Em. You have chosen to read books about great detectives. Mm. Um, and we started with the great detective, the person who kind of codified the trope Sherlock Holmes uh The Hound of the Baskervilles by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle so I know you've talked uh previously about your dislike for mysteries in general a couple times on the Mm -hmm. podcast previously but why don't you just reiterate here at the top for those maybe who are just wandering in
0: yes um okay so I don't like mysteries in general because I feel like they focus on the clues rather than the characters and I generally prefer character driven stuff over narrative driven stuff. But specifically I don't like this trope of the great detective in like and what I what I mean when I'm saying great detective is like the detective character who's miles ahead of everybody mm-hmm. else and can put the clues together and is just like so, so smart, right? Like Sherlock Holmes, yes. like you said, is kind of the trope codifier. Um but I don't I don't like that because I – and I, it plays into also why I don't like mysteries in general. And I think I've said this almost word for word before, so sorry, long-time listeners. But I feel like it's if someone created an escape room and then <laughs> did the escape room and was, like, finding all the puzzle pieces and was like, look, I'm so smart. Look how right? smart because I
1: am. I, s- I set a record
0: for this escape room. Exactly, exactly. I, like, And it's so evident in this book – Um, especially like at the beginning and the Mm -hmm. end, where it is Sherlock Holmes heavy. When he wasn't in the scenes, it didn't bother me as much, obviously, because the trope that I am bothered by wasn't there. Um but (laughs) Watson is just bumbling around for a while. Watson's just bumbling, and that's what I want from a mystery Mm -hmm. is is someone bumbling. I don't I don't want I want to be on the same level as the the detective. I don't want the detective to come in and be like, I knew it all along, (laughs) right? Because it's like Here's why
1: you're all idiots
0: here's here's how cool I am and then also it's like that that is the thing right it's supposed to make us be like wow that detective is so cool and smart but the only reason that the clues work and the way that they work is because the author decided to make them work that way Mm -hmm. you know there's several times in this where Watson's like this is what I think it might be and Holmes is like "Mm -mm -mm, dummy
1: this is what it is (laughs) because you don't have my special eyes you couldn't see the clues right right
0: and it's (laughs) like no it's just that way because Conan Doyle wrote it that way like Mm -hmm. it's not you know it's And I mean, like, obviously that's true of all fiction, that everything is that way because the author wrote it that way. But it just irks me in mysteries where it's like, hmm, aren't I so smart for figuring this out? I'm like, you're not. You're a construct of someone's imagination. And you're only
1: smart because he says you're smart. I can see. Yeah, especially in the case of Sherlock. I can see how that would feel like a little masturbatory almost, like, Mm. really just showing off how witty the author can be or how tricky the author can be, like.
0: But I mean, even, I don't think that it takes that much, like, wit to come up with the sort of things that Sherlock does, Mm, right? right. Like, if I'm writing a Sherlock story, I can be like, okay, so, because you're working backwards, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know that you want Sherlock to realize this guy's from a certain area in America. So then you're like, okay, he's carrying a newspaper that says that and Sherlock Holmes sees it. Like, okay, cool. It's not that, or, you know, like. He's, he's got a splotch of mustard on his jacket that is from this one specific deli. It's You you know the conclusion that you want to get to, so you can work backwards to plant the clues to lead to that. And so it's not impressive. But um, it's just
1: he studied perfume. He knows all the perfume uh, smells. He studied it. I
0: can't. I can't. It's just too... It's the... Usually I'm very into metatextual analysis and that sort of stuff but for me these type mysteries in general and specifically these type of mysteries it's just too easy to see the strings Mm -hmm. right like it's it's too I can't lose myself in it because I'm like yeah of course it worked that way because you wrote it that way and again I get that this applies to all literature and I don't know why it's just (laughs) mystery that it really bugs me
1: well because mystery is supposed to be like you're supposed to feel like the answer is unknowable, especially mm-hmm. in these like Sherlock is set up to come in and solve the cases that no one else could possibly find an answer to. And he just looks at a crime scene and he's like, mm, here's the answer, Got you it. idiots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so it does. I, I can see why it would feel like this is just this is just someone flexing on us for no reason right it's, yeah yeah I however find so much comfort in that. <laughs> like I love this this is like my comfort genre are I, I don't care for like noir as much I don't really care for hard-boiled detective mm-hmm. mysteries but like when you get to these like the great detective or even like cozy mysteries or historical yeah. mysteries I'm just like I'm so here for it. I'm like please like let this adult figure solve the problem, and I don't even have to worry about it. <laughs> I just know someone's gonna like pay for their crimes at the end of this book, and I don't have to, like, most part, like Sherlock maybe sometimes is an exception to the rule, don't have to deal with like, oh, they're like, you know, an alcoholic and they, or they have like really terrible personality and they're mean to everybody. Or, you know, like, I just, I don't care Mm. for that flavor of detective novel where it's, like, the detective has a really hard time existing Mm. and has a lot of vices and stuff, like. But see,
0: I almost feel like I would prefer that because that's at least some sort of character, Mm. like, Mm -hmm. something, and that's really more what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, like, with this, I don't know. I didn't, I, I feel like all of the characters in this are just so, two-dimensional right oh like, yeah it's like here's sherlock the genius detective who maybe has addiction but that's really kind of more of a thing that like later adaptations play out mm-hmm. um here's watson
1: who's just the audience stand-in we all know just the audience stand-in
0: <laughs> He's the the you know the the enthusiastic but not particularly Sherlock's skilled hype man
1: john watson Right. <laughs> <laughs> i
0: don't know it just it it's not what i'm looking for in a book mm-hmm. but I do see what you're saying, especially like I know that you're a big cozy mystery person in general. Mm-hmm. Um we've talked about that before I think, like. And I get that. I mean, like it's in the title, right? Like it's just so cozy. It's cozy, but I don't know. It's just it's I feel like the purpose of mysteries is to kind of be like a brain tickler, mm. to be like, "Hmm, can you solve the mystery?" And I just number one, I usually can't. Number two, when I do solve it quickly, I feel like that means it's poorly written. Mm-hmm. And number three, if I don't, whether or not I do or don't solve it, I hate when the detective is like, well, I knew it all along because it's like, okay, just so now you're, just, now you're just making fun of me, the person who had a hard time figuring out what was going I on. I was just waiting
1: to see if you could figure it out too, but you couldn't, so you're I'll right, tell you the right. answer. <laughs> I a lot of the enjoyment to me, or I think the best part of a mystery is when you feel like you know the answer, but there's enough there for you to be like, well, though maybe it could go in a different direction. No, I don't like that. I don't like that uncertainty. Oh, I love that. I love it so much, and it makes us want to read really quickly. So I don't know. I I I go into this knowing I probably will not convince you that there are some good mystery <laughs> series out there, but I'm here. I'm here to indulge. And one of my favorite genres. So, (laughs) forgive. Speaking of (laughs) speaking
0: of masturbatory. (laughs) Yes. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Um. So, is there? Could you see yourself recommending this book? This is a classic. The Hound of Baskerville is probably one of um, the most famous Sherlock novels. Mm. Yeah,
0: I've read other Sherlock Holmes short stories, Mm -hmm. and I found this more entertaining than that. At least, so. By that metric of me being a person who doesn't like mysteries and great detective mysteries in general, I would assume if you do like those things, this is probably very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't find it, like, too overly complicated in terms of, you know, sometimes when you read older works, so you're like, I don't understand what's going on just because right. the vernacular is different. Um, I didn't have any trouble with that. So, I mean, like, I think it was a pretty easy, breezy, beautiful read. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, if if you are a mysteries person, I feel like it's a bit silly for me, a non mysteries person, to be all hmm, you should read some Sherlock Holmes because
1: duh. But I mean, <laughs> I don't. That's I, where we are. This is one of the only Sherlock Holmes I've ever read. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess you don't need to have read the the OG material to be a big fan of Sherlock. thank you bbc and benedict cumberbatch um there are certainly better written mysteries out there uh written in more like more modern mysteries uh but for the fact that this was like a serialized novel Mm. written in 1902 i like you said i think i feel like it's very accessible It's Mm -hmm. not a slog at all to read. Um, It does do, like, some weird things with, like, okay, now instead of just a regular book, we're going to be, like, an epistolary book. But, oh, no, (laughs) never mind. Hold on. This is going to be from a diary format now. It's like there are some, like, weird stylistic choices because of the nature of it being serialized, I think. But it's a fast, easy read. If you like mysteries Mm -hmm. and you haven't read Sherlock, go ahead and give it a try. This is definitely better than A Study in Scarlet. (laughs) uh that one i cannot recommend but yes cool i was so i was so on top of things this week i don't know what happened (laughs) i don't know what happened to me as a person i finished this book two days ago and wrote up my (gasps) notes for it two days ago oh my goodness i know i haven't thought about this book in 48 hours so i'm gonna (laughs) let's see if past anna was really good with her note taking Um, i am fresh
0: off the read as usual
1: nice nice I um, had really endeavored to make my notes a little briefer because normally when I type out my notes, I tend to like get so carried away that I just type out exactly what I'm going to say. And so my, <laughs> my notes are like pages and pages long and paragraphs and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do like brief bullet points this time and see how that works for me. So mm. may have fucked myself over. I don't know. Let's find Let's out. Let's find out. So Sherlock and Watson are just hanging out. Uh, they get a visit from a doctor Mortimer, who is a doctor that lives out in the country, in I think Dart Dartmoor, Derbyshire, Derbyshire.
0: No, I don't know. I'm just saying other D English oh. things.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's Dartmoor, Devonshire. Mm. <laughs> he lives. He's from the Big D. Um, he's from the D. <laughs> he's a country doctor, and he comes in, and uh, he's like. Hey, let me show you this old piece of paper. And it is like um, from the 1700s, this story on a scroll about uh, the legend of the Hound of the Baskervilles. So in 1742, Hugo Baskerville fell in love with this girl who didn't love him back. So, like all nice guys, he kidnapped her and was going to force himself upon her, but she escaped. Um, And Hugo was so angry about the fact that she escaped that he went to chase her and took and like, was like, I'm going to sick the hounds on her. And uh, legend has it that the, (laughs) that he, uh, they did, the hound got her (laughs) and she was dead. From a dog. And so now a the, the ghost of a dog haunts the Baskervilles, and you can't go out onto the moors at night um, because a hound's going to get you.
0: I want to talk about this for a second because can we just talk about how this man mm-hmm. – uh, the doctor fully comes into Sherlock's office and just performs an audiobook for him yes
1: yeah <laughs> like
0: he, it's it's several pages of this story that is like a written he's not like no paragraph he's, he doesn't do what Anna just did he doesn't go okay so there was this guy he's like here I have this manuscript let me read it aloud <laughs> let me unfurl
1: to you the story here and this, <laughs> first
0: off that wouldn't happen your voice would get tired you would you would not be able to do this. <laughs> Number one. Number two. You would at least need some water. Number two. I just I don't understand. Because, okay. The whole premise, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know if it's addressed in this one, but I know I believe it is addressed in other Sherlock Holmes stories. Um, that the whole premise of the Sherlock Holmes stories is that these are the accounts that Watson is writing down. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like It's not supposed to be a first-person narrator in the just general first-person narrator sense of this is a story and we don't know how it's being transmitted. Like, Conan Doyle is like, no, this is Watson's notes Mm -hmm. on this stuff, right? Yes. So I don't understand (laughs) why he would be like, this man came in – and recited this thing to us. Well, I mean, read this thing to us that was several pages long. And now I can recall it word perfect instead <laughs> of just being like, "This man came in and give us this gave us this story, which I have transcribed here." Yeah, like I don't understand. And it's the same thing as later when he's like, "Here are my letters to Holmes that I have written, Word like forward. I have retranscribed, or like, here is
1: my diary. That what is this? Is this not your diary? There's a separate <laughs> diary that you also keep. It's just it's a secret diary that he didn't publish because he has lots of like drawings of like Sherlock with hearts around the head. <laughs> I
0: just don't understand why we needed these extra layers of like this is the letter I wrote to Sherlock instead of it just being like, here's a story. Here's what I did. Yeah. And I'm telling you this because we already have the conceit that I'm writing all of this stuff down. I mean, (laughs) that's fine. Like if you have to say that you sent Sherlock the letter, but just tell us the story. Like you've been doing everything else and be at the, at the end of that chapter, be like, I wrote all of this in a letter to Holmes and sent it off. Like, you didn't need to do this. <laughs> I don't because the idea this is wild to me. The idea that A, he listened to this entire story instead of just like getting the manuscript and putting it in his file. Right. And then wrote it all down. Or B, and B that he went and retranscribed his letter that he wrote to Holmes after the fact. Like he went to Holmes's <laughs> office and, and was like, "Hey man, can I see those letters that I sent yeah. you? I need to rewrite them into my my professional diary which is different from my personal diary
1: what I think I think we're supposed to, like Watson is supposed to be like the author like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle but so he's like publishing the stories mm-hmm. yeah 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 but like why I don't know why why did they're, we they're need f- to have that like it's like a weird stylistic choice <laughs> it's so of, weird. Like, Right. I don't know if Doyle was just like, um, okay, so last week I did that, but it was kind of a boring thing to write, so I'm gonna spice it up <laughs> next week with a letter. I don't, know. I don't. I feel like I feel like
0: someone else was writing a serialized thing in letters, and it was getting like a lot of traction, and he was like, "Ooh, I'm, a, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna try that one for for next week. See if that that <laughs> uh, try this circulation. On. See if it fits." Yeah.
1: <laughs> But, and yeah, you're right. Like, it's all first person from Watson's point of view. Like, the whole story is. There was never really, like, the point where we where we switched to, like, okay, now it's in first person where it was third person before. No, it's all Watson being, like, yeah. here's what happened to me and my friend Sherlock. <laughs>
0: and it's all, like, here's the thing I'm writing about what happened, but I have to borrow excerpts from yeah. the other things that I also wrote. And,
1: like, like Like, the things he wrote, it's not, like... They're, it's they not a are big not style different shift. tone wise. No. Yeah, it's like if it's you could have just said, you could have just left out and been like, "Here's more of my story."
0: And, <laughs> yeah, and because he does have to say that he was like sending letters to Holmes for Holmes to show up or mm-hmm. whatever, but like he could have just said, "I sent all of this information in a letter to Holmes." Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> it's very weird, and like. The fact that he switches... It's like, why didn't he have a letter from Sherlock in the middle of this? Since Sherlock, the main character of the story, was missing for, like, the middle part of the story. Like, you could have included that or something. Which, Watson would have that letter. Because in this universe, what he had to do is send Holmes a letter and then go to Holmes and be like, Bro, I need to see that letter I sent you so I can Mm -hmm. write it down again. Or
1: maybe he just wrote letters in triplicate. Like... No, he says. (laughs) He says
0: that he he went and got it from Holmes' office. He mentions that.
1: (laughs) I I would love it if he was like, well, I tried to do that, but Sherlock threw away all of our correspondence because he didn't think it was important. Um, So Dr. Mortimer shares this legend of the Hound of the Baskervilles. He also tells them about the very recent death of Charles Baskerville, who's the most recent lord of the hall. Baskervilles. who appears to have been literally frightened to death. So he saw <gasps> something while outside of his home late at night on the moors, mm-hmm. and it did give him a scare. It and gave him a great scare. Big old scare. And he had a very weak heart. So he got scared mm. and immediately died. Um, there are no sounds. We've of- all been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have all accidentally died from fright. <laughs> <laughs> uh there are no signs of foul play, but his death does seem sus. Like, Dr. Mortimer is like, mm, I just, I don't know. I saw a paw print in the mud. Uh, and, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that means. And so Sherlock and Watson are like, okay, so, like, do you want us to investigate what happened? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I came to you for another question. His brother's son, Henry is set to inherit the estate, Henry Baskerville. I don't know. What do you guys think I should do with that guy?
0: (laughs) Okay. I think, to be fair, the doctor was, like, already set on keeping him out of the house, right? Because the doctor is convinced that this is, like, a real curse that is going to kill this man. Yeah, yeah. He thinks
1: there is a ghost dog who's going to ghost-eat a real person.
0: I suppose. (laughs) It is important, I think, here to also note, and I don't know if Conan Doyle intended this to be as much of a, like, indicator of his personality as it was but this doctor is also like a doctor of phrenology oh my <laughs> god it
1: was yes yeah they were like oh dr mortimer you're so esteemed and dr mortimer was like well i can tell from your skull that you are a very <laughs> smart and good person <laughs> like good yes
0: god. <laughs> so so i'm not sure where we were at in the phrenology
1: pseudoscience yeah debate like was when... that still respected in right or was that <laughs> or did everyone know that wasn't a real thing <laughs> but definitely for a modern
0: reader it's a bit of a red flag yeah yeah
1: but also in 1902 we're like uh we're like that's like was that a little bit before spiritualism was really a big thing cuz i know that was like in the 20s i don't know if it was before then too but like
0: um i feel like there was some spiritualist vibes going on in the like late 1800s so sure why not and i know yeah. conan doyle was big into spiritualism oh well right? yeah
1: so maybe he was like no guys ghosts are real doctors believe in ghosts so has to be real. I mean, it was a doctor I made up, but doctors do believe in ghosts. Check and mate Harry Houdini. That's right. That fucking (laughs) fucking bitch doesn't believe in ghosts. (laughs) Well, he's dead, so. So, shows what he knows. Mm -hmm. Wait, what? Hold on. (laughs) Um... (laughs) dr mortimer is like okay do i do i take henry baskerville back to baskerville hall or should i keep him here and hide him away from the ghost dog what do i do and sherlock but is i like, am
0: set on protecting him from this ghost dog yeah. that's the most important thing that yes you sherlock holmes need to understand is that there is a ghost dog i am sure of it i'm sure i believe in phrenology i don't
1: need your help solving the, the problem i don't there's no mystery the ghost dog. what <laughs> it's do a ghost. i do it's
0: a dog <laughs> it's quite simple
1: what do i do with little henry Um, Sherlock is like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little intrigued by this case. So if you keep him entertained for the next day, I will decide in 24 hours what I want to do about this case. I'll ruminate. And he does. He just like smokes a shit ton of tobacco and thinks for like a whole ass day. (laughs) 24 hours passes. Dr. Mortimer arrives back at 221B Baker Street with Henry Baskerville in tow. Um, And this time Henry was like, well, I didn't realize that Dr. Mortimer had come to see you. I was already going to come see you on my own because I received this weird letter. Um, And it is uh, basically a a, like ransom style note Mm -hmm. where all the words have been clipped out of the newspaper, uh, warning him that there is danger and that he should stay in London as as opposed to going out to the country to Baskerville hall. Um, And Sherlock He looks over this letter. He's like, okay, I I can tell you exactly what newspaper it came from, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. But he also notices. Because I've studied all typefaces. I I know exactly what type of typesetting each newspaper uses, the ink, the paper. The smell of it. The the taste of it. The taste of it. it. (laughs) Sherlock notices also that there was someone following Henry and Dr. Mortimer. So he's like, okay, all of these things add up together. Um... I have a shit ton of stuff to do in London because I'm a very important man. I have to solve a blackmail. I've got to do other crime solving. So I'm going to send my um, my little dumb, dumb friend, John Watson, to watch over you. Like, he's not super smart, but he's really loyal. And he's going to come to <laughs> <at> Baskerville Hall. <laughs> Watson was the hound of the Baskervilles Watson. the whole time. <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> men's best friend john watson um i mean he's gonna go to baskerville hall to watch over henry um in dartmoor oh it says here in my notes in dartmoor that's where that yes mm. um wow sherlock wraps things up in london and then as soon as sherlock is available he will come and join them also weird henry's like i feel like i should also mention i bought a new pair of brown shoes. And one of them, one of the shoes has gone missing. and I was like, "Okay, that's weird." And then later on, the brown shoe was returned, but instead, a single old black shoe was taken instead. So we've got a missing shoe um Henry Baskerville is like it's just a shoe i'm I don't think it's that important. It like pisses me off because that's my shoe, man, but uh <laughs> I don't, don't It's probably not important. Shoes. And Sherlock is just like, knowing, smile. (laughs) Of course, everything Everything, is important. The pieces fall into place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So Watson goes to Baskerville Hall with Henry and Dr. Mortimer, and he meets people. We have the Stapletons, which are a brother and sister. Mr. Stapleton is a naturalist who has spent his time exploring the moorland, and he's like, I know this area better than people who have lived here their whole lives, and also I catch butterflies. And his sister, Miss Stapleton, is just a pretty lady. <laughs> a hottie. A hottie with a body. And Henry actually begins to fall in love with Miss Stapleton, which makes Mr. Stapleton super angry. Um, There's also just some old guy who goes around suing everybody for fun, and he's only important for one thing later on. And the Barry Moores, Mr. and Mrs., they are the butler and housemaid at Baskerville Hall. Um, and they actually, uh, they their family has worked for the Baskervilles for like 100 years or something. But as soon as Henry Baskerville shows up, they're like, anyway, we're going to quit as soon as you get new help. Because we really loved Charles Baskerville. And now he's dead and it's tragic. We can no longer continue to work here. And Henry Baskerville's like, okay, that's weird, but okay, whatever. The only way that that would make sense
0: is if they were actually in a triad relationship with uh, Baskerville.
1: Yes, yeah. (laughs) They were very close.
0: (laughs) Very close to the master.
1: (laughs) We also learn that there's just an escaped murderer running around in the Moorlands um, and a bunch of, like, some sort of, like, police or military force uh, out looking for him. And it makes everyone nervous because who knows who he'll just randomly murder next. As murderers are wont to do. Yeah. I
0: also like the fact that, like, I think they mentioned he was a murderer when introducing him. Mm -hmm. But then every other subsequent time they just referred to him as the convict. And I was like, (laughs) that's not the bad part, guys. Yeah, no, (laughs) the worst part is the fact that he is killed. He, like, I don't really care if he's been to jail or not. Like, that's not really. But everybody's like, the convict. Can you believe a convict is among us? And it's like, OK, well.
1: Priorities, people.
0: Person first language. No. Uh,
1: Watson hangs out at Baskerville Hall for a while. This, this whole part of the book is like Watson feels like he's doing detective work. He's really convinced. He's doing his best. He's he's like, Sherlock's going to be so proud of me. Once he hears this letter, he's going to be so proud.
0: I mean, that was like the very first scene of this book with them trying to, you know, devise where the walking stick came from or whatever that the doctor had left behind. Um, It really set the tone of their relationship in a way that was not the tone of their relationship that i'm used to from yes. bbc sherlock or any other modern iteration of sherlock or fan fiction where it's like they secretly want to bang i was like no that is not the case in
1: this book no sherlock sees watson as like a pet like you only <laughs> exist so that i may feel smarter there's like yeah, straight yeah. from the text
0: <laughs> it's like i just need someone here to to bask in my glory I don't actually need you. Like, literally, there was, like, during their first little thing where Watson's like, maybe it's from here. Sherlock's like, I am so grateful that, you know, you said these things. They were very stimulating. You're wrong, of course. But they were stimulating in the sense that because I saw how wrong you were, I knew which direction to not go. (laughs) It's like, all right. And, he's, and Watson's like, oh, he's heaping such praise
1: oh, on me. Master loves me.
0: I'm like, maybe there's some sort of like sarcasm here that I'm not picking up on, but this is a highly dysfunctional situation. I don't know why they're friends. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> Watson is in genuine awe of Sherlock, I think. Truly. And he worships the ground Sherlock walks on. And as the only person who will put up with Sherlock's annoying bullshit, then,
1: therefore... Therefore, he's the only option. <laughs> yep. Uh, So, throughout his time at Baskerville Hall, uh, Watson mentioned several times he hears, like, a strange howling at different times of the day and the night, which the locals all attribute to the hound. And Watson says, yeah, it does sound like what a, what a big dog would sound like if he were a ghost. That is probably exactly what that sounds like. <laughs> I have no frame of reference, but you got it in one. That's it. <laughs> like... I mean, I
0: I don't know what the situation is with like the flora and fauna of this area, but there are surely at least domestic dogs. So, hunting dogs, you would think? Like, I mean, like, there are canonically in the book other dogs. Yeah. So, like, Henry Baskerville has a dog. I feel that maybe you guys should consider it's just a dog. Yeah, just a normal dog.
1: Which, Why is it gotta alert? be a ghost it dog? It
0: just a normal dog. Yeah, this was a very Scooby-Doo moment.
1: <laughs> they pulled off the the mask of the ghost town, and it was just another dog underneath. <laughs> another dog. <laughs> Rutro. Uh, he also hears crying, a woman crying at night, um, a couple of nights, and he notices that Missus Barrymore, the maid, the housemaid, always has red-rimmed eyes in the morning. So. Watson talks to Henry Baskerville about this, and they both talk about how they they've noticed separately that Mister Barrymore seems to creep around in the middle of the night. So they're mm. like, "Let's spy on our servants tonight." <laughs> they get so little personal time. Let's spy on them. <laughs> so uh, they stay up. They have a sleepover in Henry Baskerville. Well, not a sleepover. They just like stay up all night in Henry Baskerville's. Sleep. Yeah, so sleepover. Yeah. Um, they, they A good sleepover. Yeah, yeah. They, like, braid each you're other's not, hair.
0: Yeah, if you're not going to be, you know, they ta- a wuss and go to sleep early. <laughs>
1: and once they hear Mr. Barrymore sneaking by, uh, they follow him and ambush him one night. And he reveals that he, Mr. Barrymore, comes to this particular window in the home every other night with a candle to signal to someone out in the Moors, and the person that he's signaling to is the escaped murderer, who is actually Mrs. Barrymore's younger brother, and they're providing him with clothes and food while they arrange for him to get out of the country. So Watson and Henry are like, yo, we have to go arrest that guy, so... (laughs) Watson and
0: Henry are narcs yes
1: the worst so they run out into the moors and they attempt to do a citizen's arrest uh but the murderer runs so fast like he is the fastest he's like the Usain Bolt of escape murderers or something like Watson's like I run fast but that guy ran so much faster like every time we thought we were getting close, he would suddenly be like miles in front of us. So I was like, oh, surely something weird is going on there. Like, how could this guy who's probably hungry because he's been living outside for who knows how long be able to run that fast? But no, nah, he's just No, Watts- Watson's just bad at running. Yeah, I think Watson is actually <laughs> just a lot slower than he thinks. <laughs> um so they're chasing after uh they're chasing after the escape murderer, and while they're out there Watson notices a figure standing at the top of the hill that they can't account for. And Watson's like, hmm, that's suspicious. I will investigate that later on. Uh, So the next day, they wake up. And Mr. Barrymore is like, I cannot believe you tried to citizens arrest my brother-in-law after you forced me to tell you about him. You've totally betrayed me.
0: I also really enjoy the fact that Watson's whole job out here is supposed to be to protect this dude. And he was like, let's go chase an escape murderer in the
1: middle of in the, in the night. But he like, wasn't what a great alone, plan. so. Oh, OK. Yeah. He's got Watson Sherlock to protect him. Sherlock was like, just never let him go outside alone at night. And Watson's like, got it.
0: There's K&G. no way the escape murderer will take down two of you.
1: Oh, uh, Not two rich men. There's no. no way. They're invincible. We have
0: they have the the advantage of having had enough food to grow their bones correctly, so you know. <laughs> but
1: all that food also weighed them down. They were not fast ah, enough. <laughs> it's the double edged sword of being rich, I guess. <laughs> uh, but Henry Baskerville is like, oh, sorry, dude, but he's dangerous. Like he killed people, and he escaped from prison. But I guess since, like, you guys are working to get him out of the country, I will pretend, like, I don't know anything about this and let you continue aiding this dangerous person. And Watson's like, yeah, actually, if the taxpayers don't have to pay for him to live in jail, it's probably for the best. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> like, I I am, you know, fairly progressive, I feel, in my, my feelings towards prisons. Yeah. In that I think they probably shouldn't exist. Right. But... Like, also, this guy did murder someone, so we do need to deal with that. <laughs> he did,
1: yes, yes, he did. But, and, the, like, Mrs. Barrymore's like, yes, well, when you look at him, you see a murderer, but when I look at him, I just see the curly-haired little boy that I used to play dress-up with and blah, 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 <laughs> just, like, but like, also great. he's killed people.
0: Great. He has the blood of innocence on his hands. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> you can't be Well, both. to be fair, I guess, I guess we don't really know. Like, maybe it was, like, he killed someone in a bar fight or something. You know, maybe mm. it was... Maybe an
1: accidental, like, manslaughter. I could buy
0: that, you know, someone who was from a lower class at this time might not have the best legal team to help him not be sent to prison for something that could have been understandable. But also, like,
1: the information we have is that he murdered someone. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's not painted in the best picture. (laughs) Uh, but Mr. Barrymore is like, thank you, my lord. I am so grateful that you're going to ignore the fact that I'm aiding and abetting an escaped murderer. I'm going to tell you a clue about Charles Baskerville's death that I've actually kept secret all this time. You followed the right dialogue tree. Yes, you've unlocked a <laughs> secret clue. Um, he tells them that on the day he Charles Baskerville died, he had received a letter signed LL. And the letter basically said, uh, or what was remaining of the letter, because they found it in the fireplace, it was mostly burnt, said, um, if you are a gentleman, you will burn this letter after reading it, or something to that effect. Um, So we
0: know that the reader of the letter was a gentleman. Yes.
1: Sherlock. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so miss and they're like well why didn't you say anything else about this sooner and mr Bramar is like well i didn't want there to be i didn't want people to think that charles Baskerville was sleeping with this woman it's like okay hmm. okay okay he's I dead was it doesn't his matter
0: honor since me and my wife were in a menage a trois with him i
1: was yeah i was actually very jealous <laughs> <laughs> So, Watson asks around. He does He does very good detective work. Sherlock is so proud. He finds out that LL is Laura Lyons, who is the daughter of uh, that old guy who used to, like, sue everybody for fun. So, he decides to go question her. And she tells Watson that she asked Charles Baskerville for money to divorce her husband who has abandoned her. And um, because Charles Baskerville was kind of, he was known to be, philanthropic to his neighbors he would just if you had a problem he wanted to help you out with that that's fine he had a lot of money he should um and (laughs) he she was like hey meet me outside your house at 10 p.m on the day that you're scheduled to die (laughs) (laughs) um and essentially she was the reason he was outside in order to be scared to death um but she did not make the meeting because someone else said they would provide the money for her divorce And that person was Mr. Stapleton, the naturalist, who said that he would marry Laura once she is divorced. Watson's like, hmm, cool. Thanks for the info. And he leaves. And on the way back, he runs into that old guy who likes to sue everyone for fun, a.k.a. Laura's dad. And he's like, hey, Watson, come in and chat with me a while. And Watson's like, I don't really want to, but also this is 1902 when there's nothing else to do for fun so i guess i'll come in and chat with you <laughs> um and as they're chatting what he tells watson about the fact that he has noticed a young boy carrying supplies to someone out in the moors and the old my the old guy is like all excited about it because he's like "Ooh, i found the escape murderer i'm gonna tell the police they're gonna be so thankful to me even though i sue everybody and i'm annoying to all law enforcement and watson in his mind is like okay it probably isn't because the barrymores have been hiding the escape murderer but he figures like i will take this info and i will go to where he noticed the young boy uh, i'm traveling to and i will see who this person is so he goes to there and lo and behold watson discovers mysterious person Hanging out in the moors is none other than Sherlock Holmes himself. who has secretly been spying on everyone the whole time and also has solved the murder.
0: <laughs> Just intolerable. <laughs>
1: so I, was, I, I was hiding out here the whole time and John was like, well, why couldn't you tell me? I would have I loved to see you. And Sherlock is like, you are such an idiot. You would have fucked it up and revealed my location.
0: You I was, sweet,
1: I, stupid idiot.
0: I was busy detecting things.
1: I couldn't have you mucking up my vibe, Watson. It's imperative I remain hidden. You're just kind of always
0: around, and I just wanted you to not be around mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah,
1: and also you cannot keep a secret.
0: Just those Big lips just keep on a flapping. Mm
1: -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're just so so good and so stupid. Just (laughs) never had a better friend.
0: Perfect. (laughs) The perfect wall for me to throw my thought spaghetti at.
1: (laughs) See what sticks. Oh my god. (laughs) So. Sherlock has been able to deduce somehow that Mr. Stapleton and Miss Stapleton, his sister, are actually husband and wife and not brother and sister at all. Just want to make that clear. They were not related, just they are married. <laughs> 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 um, did we ever really get like an explanation of how he
0: figured that one out?
1: I don't know how. I don't know what started him on that route, but he like so he provided proof. It. He's like, here's my okay. proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't that know was... what made him be like they're actually married. <laughs>
0: I bet it was. I bet it was. He picked up some phrenology lessons and was like, mm, shape mm-hmm. of those skulls definitely not not related. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they did look like vastly different from each other. So maybe mm-hmm. he's like, there's no way. There's no there's way. No way. I don't know there's how he knew no like what their real names were that they actually went by, not Mr. and Miss Stapleton. But I don't know. I
0: think he just dug through all of the records. Ever until he found the pictures of
1: them. Yeah, he was actually he was <laughs> not he was not hiding in the moors for that long. He was actually at the library looking yeah. through old newspapers trying to find these two people's faces.
0: Which it was 1900s, so like the photo quality. Yeah, it was not, not great. great.
1: <laughs> and I don't think they had microfiche at the time, so he was really just opening up old newspapers, and some of them were like kind of crumbling and falling apart. It's just. <laughs> anyway he's also deduced mr stapleton is the person who made charles baskerville die like i can't say he killed him because the guy was frightened to death by a ghost dog
0: i don't know i feel like if you okay let's see how many steps this would take for it to be a murder versus not if i frighten someone to death as myself a ghost mm-hmm. like if i dressed up as a ghost
1: Okay. Um, oh, if, I, booga booga. if I was a ghost, I was like, I don't know if we can no, try if, a dead person.
0: If I went, if I pretended to be a ghost yes. in order to frighten someone to death, yes. would that be, did I murder them?
1: I don't know. I don't, mm, because like, can you, is it like a, like, like a manslaughter? Like if you were to be like a drunk driver where you like didn't set out to kill someone on purpose, but your actions caused someone to die? Or did you purposefully scare? Were you like, I'm going to scare this motherfucker to death?
0: I, I'm saying that I, like we find out this guy, stand to inherit great wealth mm-hmm. if this guy dies. So my best, best course of action is I'm
1: going to put a sheet over my of head and say to boo. to dress up
0: as a ghost and say boo until his heart gives out.
1: <laughs> I'll say boo very loud unto you. <laughs> did I kill him? Or did you just solve his hiccups? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That is a good question. Like, if you know someone has a weak heart and you set out to do things that will make their heart work really hard.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that like it would be the same as like it's definitely if premeditated, someone...
1: right? Because you're trying to, okay, you're planning to. Okay, let me, let do me do put it. this out there.
0: If I know this guy is allergic to nuts yeah. and I put a nut in his food just because that wouldn't kill someone else, I still intended to kill him yeah. and took action that led to his death. Yeah. Right? That's a for really So I definitely real murdered him there, right? Yeah. So this is the same thing, except instead of an allergy, it's a heart. He's and allergic, a nut, His heart is allergic ghost.
1: to ghosts.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think it's still murder. <laughs> I
1: have a severe, no, severe ghost allergy. I cannot be. I cannot see a single ghost without dying. Mm-mm.
0: I know it's a pain. Like all the other kids aren't allowed to bring ghosts for snacks, <laughs> but if I so much as get a whiff of
1: one. Yeah, we actually have to bring store bought ghosts because mm-hmm. we can't like we can't ensure that a ghost made at home does not contain allergens.
0: <laughs> but I thought the ghost was the allergen. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man, <laughs> lost the train there a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> so, so I think if 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 ghosting someone to death yourself is murder, mm-hmm. I don't know that adding a dog to the equation is enough. Steps back for it, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you if you dress up a dog as a ghost and you just let the dog run around, mm-hmm. if it runs into the one person who is allergic to ghosts, who is, is? But what if is it? You, what is the crime? If,
0: y- if you made sure that that person was on the
1: path. Yeah. Yeah. You did.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. Because Mr.
1: Stableton was the one that was like, okay, Laura Lyons, you write this letter exactly how right. I'm going to tell you to. And you send it. Oh, but right after you send it, I'm gonna be like, "Never mind, edit undo." Don't show up. <laughs> Don't to that show meeting. up. I'll pay. Um, so he he, <laughs> Mister Stapleton deduced Charles Baskerville's ghost allergy, and he killed him. <laughs> and he's also gonna try and make an attempt on Henry's life as well. Charlotte Sherlock thinks. Um, so Sherlock's like, "I'm tired of living outside. Let's go back to Baskerville Hall." And. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm definitely making this decision myself it's not just because you found me out yeah
1: and i realized i missed you john um they on their way back they hear the hound and they come across a dead body and they are certain it's henry baskerville because of the way he's dressed and so sherlock is like damn you watson i told you to stay with him and it's your fault he's dead john's like shaking his fist in the direction of where the stapletons live um and then, and then they actually look at the dead body, and they're like, "Oh no, it's not Henry Baskerville. it's the escaped murderer. Um, good
0: thing, no one loved him, yeah,
1: yeah, except someone loved him a lot um, yeah they he was wearing Henry Baskerville's old clothes because because Mr. Barrymore got them from Henry Baskerville and gave them to him, and didn't even wash them first, apparently, yeah, yeah, gross." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they're out there, like, what do we do with the body? I don't know. Boy, I'm glad it wasn't Henry Baskerville. And then Stapleton shows up, and he's like, ooh, what? Oh, it's oh, a dead man. Oh, weird. Wow, what should we do? That is weird. And <laughs> Sherlock and Watson are like, oh, no, it's, it's the escaped convict. And he was like, fuck. <laughs> they, they give him, like, major side eye. They're like, we know, we know. But do you know that we know? Hmm um and they're like well let's just put a bag over this guy's head so the animals can't get to him and leave the body out here all night long <laughs> nothing we could do <laughs> they do that also i've been putting a bag
0: over it to so keep the animals from getting to it i
1: don't know i don't know they were like we could we don't there's want the animals to eat his eyeballs or get in his nostrils i don't know there's still a lot of him outside the bag Maybe they put gloves on also, him and Megs aren't that strong. If I'm an animal.
0: If I'm an animal, if I'm a dog, I can clearly smell that there's a person over here
1: and I'll eat him if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It wasn't a well thought out plan, I don't think. They were all just like, ew, we don't want to touch the dead Bonnie, so. Gross. He's gross. He's a dirty convict. It's getting I don't want to dark. touch him. We can't really tell where we're going. <laughs> uh, they get to Baskerville Hall. And while they're there eating some din-din, Sherlock notices a picture of one of Henry's ancestors. And it looks just like Stapleton, but with curly flowing hair. <laughs> and he's like Watson. Look
0: at this picture. Who does this look like? Who does this look like, Watson? And Watson's like, I, I don't, I don't know, uh, boss. A bastard And Sherlock's like, no, look at it. Look at it. And then he closer, does thing. closer,
1: Watson, you idiot, closer. There's
0: <laughs> a thing that you do, like with all the yearbook pictures and stuff, where you like cover the hair, like? Yeah. <laughs> oh, now? look now, now you recognize them, right? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> And he's like, "Oh my god, it's Stapleton." Oh my
0: god. I told and Sherlock's like, "Yes, I'm trained to look at faces and not curly hair." <laughs> okay, Sherlock. Okay, Sherlock.
1: So you're going to tell me that you run around and you're like, "I don't know what anyone's hair looks like, but I could tell you all about their <laughs> facial features."
0: <laughs> I mean, it's kind of I I'm giving sherlock shit for being like i'm trained to see through disguises but as we've discussed many times i am pretty face blind and so like if someone an actor changes their hair dramatically oh, i, I am like them. who's
1: that i do not know them i don't know who that is <laughs> but also like this is a portrait it's not a photograph it's a mm. portrait of someone with curly hair and they're like it's a spitting image of stapleton i'm like it's a good portrait portraits were good back must then. have been photorealistic Um, this, this causes Sherlock to realize Stapleton is the secret heir to the estate. He is some dead brother, secret child, who changed his name several times, lived in South America. Kind
0: of more importantly than the, the being photorealistic or not, this is an ancestor. The one that they're looking at specifically is the one who was the original Baskerville with the hound, Hugo, yep. Yeah. So that's the one from like the sixteen hundreds.
1: Seventeen forty two so at least. Those are some strong ass genes. Yes, like. the seed is strong in in the Baskerville line. But not so strong
0: that any of the other pictures look yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. It's very Just specifically this one, strong. This one ancestor it looks exactly like this modern day. It's, it's very Xeroxed. convenient.
1: <laughs> it skipped a lot of generations. <laughs>
0: It's not like, oh, this guy has a birthmark that's notable. Yeah. Similar yeah. to this guy's birthmark. It's like, no, their faces are exactly the same.
1: <laughs> it's like a it's like there's a wig on that guy we saw. <laughs> okay. Did you say so?
0: A lot of inbreeding in that family I'm thinking.
1: <laughs> With the dogs. With the a ghost lot of, dogs. A lot of
0: marrying of a cousin.
1: Mm. Mm. Um <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So then Sherlock Sherlock and Watson have to play a mean trick on Henry Baskerville. They're like – Sherlock's like, okay, uh, do you promise to do anything I say without questioning it? And Henry's like, yes, of course. You're a genius. You're Sherlock Holmes. And Sherlock's like, great. You are going to go to dinner at the Stapleton's house by yourself. Sherlock – and Watson and I have to go back to London. So you're just going to be by yourself doing that thing we told you to never do. Go outside by yourself. Um. And you just have to trust me. It's going to work out and you're not going to die. (laughs) Henry's like, "Um, I don't believe you. (laughs) But he does it anyway. (laughs) Uh, Sherlock and Watson do not go back to London. They actually go to get Inspector Lestrade from the train station and then go hide out in the moors to ambush Stapleton as he undoubtedly attempts to murder Henry that night. Sherlock deduced it was going to happen that night. He deduced it. He deduced it. Um. So they're hanging out, and Henry runs through the moors, chased by a giant dog, and they all shoot the big dog dead. Guess it wasn't a ghost.
0: This was some Animorphs-level animal fuckery, because <laughs> they described this dog as being the size of a small lioness. It was not. I'm sorry. No. Dogs, I checked. They don't. That's they don't. Not, absolutely not. Preposterous. It was
1: just a normal dog. This guy just put phosphorus on his muzzle to make it all glowy and evil looking.
0: Even a very large dog is not the size of a small lioness. <laughs> Even an extraordinarily large dog is not the size of an extraordinarily small lioness. It's just the numbers don't add up. <laughs>
1: K.A. Applegate, must have learned from Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle, whatever. <laughs> um, Henry's like, oh, thank you for saving my life. And Watson's like, no, don't thank us, because you did almost die. <laughs> that was our bad. <laughs> there was a lot of fog. We couldn't see very well. Our bad.
0: Good thing good thing that dog was all glowy. Yeah. Oh, really yeah, oh, my God, God. It's Rudolph like a Rudolph style. the Red-Nosed
1: Reindeer situation. <laughs> uh, they go to Stapleton's house to try and and capture him and citizens are, no Lestrade is there it's a regular arrest it's not citizens arrest anymore. they try to do oh no is he on the clock <laughs> good question he, he had to take PTO to come out here he's, he's way like in a out of his jurisdiction and flip-flops like I had to cancel my
0: vacation for this guy. yeah
1: which I guess, I guess that is like I know modern day police officers have like jurisdictions that they can like have authority in, but like LeStrade's just like I'm a police officer for all of England.
0: Maybe <laughs> is that how it works? I don't know.
1: Nineteen oh two. Who knows how things happened a hundred plus years ago? But um, they go to they go to Stapleton's house. He has vanished. He's run off into the moors somewhere and is never heard of again. They like I guess they assume he just died in the moor equivalent of quicksand. But yeah, people did that. Yeah just happened he's gone uh and mrs stapleton is tied up in their house because she was a victim of domestic violence <laughs> she's like
0: check out my bruises in a very serious moment that i wasn't expecting yeah. from this sherlock holmes book
1: yeah 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 it was not a good situation where i she was like trying to warn henry baskerville at various times in the book like go home she was the one that wrote the letter at the beginning she's like go home don't come here your death awaits you Um, and Mr. Stapleton's like, I've had enough of you trying to tattle. So I'm going to, I'm just going to do bad things to you. And, um, they release her and she's like, here's everything that my husband was going to do. Um, he had figured out he was an heir to a fortune. He only had to kill two people to get it. You know, that's not a lot of people. It's very doable. Um, he bought this big ass dog and painted it to make it all glowy. And, uh she i guess maybe she loved henry baskerville back i don't know i don't think they really explored that relationship because yeah i don't i don't know that she
0: did because i think she started the warning stuff before she even really knew him right Mm -hmm. like
1: yeah i couldn't i i thought maybe i was reading too much into it that she was like worried about him and concerned about his well-being so maybe she was just like a casual like hey how's that guy that was gonna die
0: I think she's just a good person. Yeah, that could be. Like, Not only is she pretty, to murder.
1: but she's nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I mean, I hope her and Henry do end up together because she deserves she, money. Yes, that is true. Yeah. How?
1: Yeah. What? A, what? The the biggest F you to your ex husband is to marry the guy he was trying to murder for his money. <laughs> yeah, and, then get, the <laughs> and money, then get all the money, and then murder the guy. Exactly. And then you you buy your money. own ghost dog because. Yes. Henry Henry and his friend Dr. Mortimer, they have to go on a world tour because Henry is like his his nerves are he's just He's so shaken. a shaken. He from almost the ghost dog. He almost got scared to death. So <laughs> they go on vacation, and it fixes everything.
0: I don't know that I, I think the, the original plan of killing the first Baskerville with the ghost dog was maybe not good, but clever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like trying to do the exact same thing to a much younger relative who doesn't have confirmed heart problems is kind of yeah. a buck wild choice. You should have just
1: got with poison, man. Yeah. All those times he had dinner at your house.
0: Yeah. Or... You know, have your wife seduce him and give her some lipstick laced with arsenic. There you
1: go. That somehow doesn't affect her lips, just it doesn't is. affect her.
0: Put <laughs> some plastic on her lips and then put the arsenic lipstick over. Uh.
1: Slowly feed her arsenic. <laughs> yeah. So she builds up her immunity. Mm-hmm. proof. Yep. Look, we're just like. Sherlock Holmes.
0: Look, I never claimed to be a genius murderer.
1: (laughs) That's probably a good thing to not claim. That's probably a point of pride, (laughs) actually.
0: I think it should just be the standard. I don't think I even need to be prideful about it. I
1: don't know, man. I'm proud to say I have never murdered. I I don't know why you're not. (laughs) I'm ashamed to say I have never murdered. You heard it here first, (laughs) folks. Uh, oh that's this book that's the end of this book the hound of the baskervilles well it was a book i bet you loved it it had all of your favorite things
0: it wasn't the worst thing i've ever read for sure like
1: oh yeah no we've definitely covered the worst things
0: we've ever uh, read on this podcast it's (laughs) been an in-depth discovery um (laughs) i wouldn't even say that i'm like mad to have read it i just it's parts of it annoyed me so much and i still just hate the great detective thing and Mm -hmm. i mean like this was relatively short, so that was good. Yes. Um, so, like, looking forward to what I would like in the future. Short, I liked that about this. huh. I don't know, maybe if The Great Detective does have more of an issue, like, not necessarily alcoholism or, like, something like that, but, like, something character going on so he's not just perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we could add more female characters, that'd be great. Um, And more kissing would also be good between any characters.
1: I do. I do like a good romance in my Mm -hmm. mysteries. Good. I think I think those are going to be all doable things to find for you. I liked the
0: parts of this that were like Mm dishy that were like, "Ooh, he's really married to his sister. I was like scandalous like that stuff. (laughs) That was fun.
1: (laughs) The twist that you couldn't you couldn't see coming.
0: Yeah, I was like the glowing dog, not so, not so don't care enjoyable. For that. It was just a dog that glowed and then they killed it. So I don't know about that. But <laughs> when they were like, "There's a murderer, and it's my brother,"
1: <gasps> that was cool. <laughs> well, that's good. the The classic I have in mind for us to read, I'm not going to talk about it in depth because that's mm. not what we do here at this part. But the classic that I a more classic example of something. of this um, has some of those things. Okay. It's definitely short. All right.
0: Hmm. Interesting. There's an
1: audiobook narrated by Dan Stevens, and it's fantastic. He does all the accents. It's so good.
0: Well, you know, now I can just go look up what it is. <laughs> That's fine.
1: I don't think it was going to be that big of a. I mean, like, where do you go from Sherlock Holmes? I mean, the answer is obvious.
0: I feel like I know what the answer is, but I don't know what audiobooks Dan Stevens has narrated. So
1: don't look at that. I'll have to look. Okay.
0: Maybe. Or do. We'll do.
1: I don't care. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Can be super secretive about it. I just don't want to spoil it for our listeners who can also go look up the audiobooks that Dan Stevens has. Actually, I think he's An- done let me see. Let's see. Audible has. Okay. Apparently he's done 66 audiobooks, so. Oh, maybe not so easy though. Good luck, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> wow. I still think it'll be obvious if you go look it up. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Very cool.
0: Speaking of sixty-six audiobooks, uh-huh. what other sorts of books have you been consuming? Oh <laughs>
1: uh, well, I was—I've had this book on my shelf for almost a year now, and I—I I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna read that for the podcast because it's like super relevant." And I was like, "Oh, but we—we d- we were gonna like gonna make an attempt to read more books by authors of color, so I'm gonna like—I'll see what else there is." And then I like pulled up a list of like authors of color who write mysteries and her name was on there and i was like oh that's my <gasps> <bad." laughs> but it's uh a study in scarlet women by sherry oh. thomas interesting yes I'm so it, it is a retelling of sherlock or just like a reimagining of sherlock because it's not really retelling mm-hmm. any of his mysteries but um a reimagining where sherlock is the name that charlotte holmes goes by she mm-hmm. is a um she has, like, all the deduction powers that Sherlock has, but her, her main Made goal it. in life is she wants to be independent, and this also takes place in the Victorian era, so we know how hard it was for a woman to make her own way in life at the time. Um, so as a society lady, she feels that the best way to gain her independence and not have to be married off to anyone is to go ahead and, like, lose her innocence Um, so that way she can like blackmail her parents into being like, okay, now pay for me to go learn how to do a trade or else I will reveal to everyone that I am a woman ruined. Uh, but a bunch of people find out. So she's like kind of cast out from society, doesn't really know how to make money or, um, exist outside of society. And then she kind of stumbles her way into meeting a, Uh, Mrs. John Watson, and uh, becoming her lady's companion, and then solving crimes. Mm. So I really enjoy it so far. I haven't finished it yet. I'm a little bit more than halfway, um, but I'm very much enjoying it. Sherry Thomas is apparently um, a big romance writer, so I imagine there will be romance somewhere in this Mm. book. Mm. I just don't know between who yet. I have some ideas, but I don't know. it's it's good it's entertaining i love it how about you um i have not been doing a lot
0: of reading this last week or so but i did read a short story uh i thought it was gonna be like novella length but i think it's a little bit shorter than that but Mm -hmm. it's called a dead gin in cairo by p jelly clark um and it's part of a series and it i picked it specifically to read before this because mm-hmm. I act like I said I thought it was going to be longer but it was not um, <laughs> but it's part of a series and it's very Sherlock Holmes in the sense of like it seems like it's kind of like short mystery stories but it's also fantasy and it takes Love place it. in a world in which like the djinn are like a thing that exists and angels also exist and interact with humans and it's this woman who's Um, a special investigator with the Egyptian Ministry of Alchemy, Enchantments, and Supernatural Entities. And she's solving crimes. And it was pretty, like, I felt, you know, like a good mystery. And because it was significantly shorter, it wasn't annoying to me. I think that's really kind of the key to mysteries for me is that it needs to be short. Because once it gets, like, too long, I'm like, I don't care anymore. Um, Yeah, yeah. But it was, like, pretty tight-paced, had some good character stuff. Uh, The mystery was interesting. Um, So, you know, if you're into mysteries and maybe one little fantasy element
1: in your mysteries this might be a good one to check out yeah that sounds very intriguing i'll add it to my list cool 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 very neat
0: all right so next week we're going to be back with another morph monday with animorphs number 33 the illusion the week after that we're going to be back with anna's unit which is uh military sci-fi um, and we'll be reading a classic example of the genre which is going to be Heinlein Starship Troopers. Oh. Yeah, it should be interesting because I know you do like that movie. I do, yeah. I really enjoy that movie. Yes, but I know the book is a bit different from the movie, so we'll see how that translates. probably
1: not as funny. (laughs) Dang. Dang, yo. All right, then. Wow, cool. Can't wait. If you um, have a mystery that you would like us to solve... You can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. If you don't, we will dress up as ghosts and go to your house and say boo to you in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I can't say what will happen after that. You might die. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review, but if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like.
0: In the words of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, would you have any objection to my running my finger along your parietal fissure?
1: A cast of
0: your skull, sir, until the original is available, would be an ornament to any anthropological museum. It is not my intention to be fulsome, But I confess that I covet your skull.
1: Oh, that's so fucking creepy. I think it's a sexual thing for him.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, so next week we're going to be back with... Or no, not next week. So... Yeah, next week. That's I like. we're on a
1: weekly basis these days. We are. no, no.
0: I just forgot what part of the podcast oh. we were on. <laughs> <laughs>